Welcome to Study Isaiah, the podcast in which we examine the language, context, and meaning of the book of Isaiah with Dr. Paul Wegner. I'm Tyler Sanders, and across from me is Dr. Wegner, who's going to tell us the Hebrew word of the day. All right. I have a really interesting one today. Hit me. It, it's shamam. Shamam. Yep. And it means to be devastated, appalled, astonished, horrified. I, I, I even looked up what appalled means because I don't <laughs> think we know that very well. So it's it's overcome with horror, shock, outrage, or dismay. Because we are, well, let me show you the passage. Because when, when you say astonished, mm. that doesn't really catch yeah, what yeah, it's yeah. getting at. So, okay, for the day of vengeance was in my heart. This is God talking. And my year of uh, redemption has come. And I looked and there was no one to help. And I was astonished that there was no one to uphold. So my own arm brought salvation to me and my wrath upheld me. See, now you put that, instead of astonished, yeah. get more of the idea of outrage, um, horror, shock. It's a much more negative yeah. connotation. Yeah. And so so God looks. Wow. So think about it. Here's God is astonished. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he's surprised. But when you get, he's horse struck or mm. shocked that there was no one that could deliver them. Yeah. So he does it. I yeah. think that really is amazing. It, uh, I, I thought that really helps us get a little perspective. Yeah. And how upset God was right. that no one could deliver his people. Yeah. So I thought that was good. That's a good one. <laughs> what an exciting word for our final episode. Yeah, that's right. Shocked, appalled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what can we say? That's we, fun. We started there. Yeah. Well, let's get into the text. Actually, right. and that's from our first section here, right? Yes. We're about to come across this word. Yeah, no. In this one, remember, we are building. We're, we don't have a palistrophe or anything like yeah. that. It seems like we're building to... This day, all the last part you've had, uh, he was going to bring this servant that was going to mm. deliver them and yeah. all that. Well, then now he, he's in this section, he's starting to tell, okay, if this deliverance is going to come, seems like we're going to need really, they're going to really have to repent. They're going to have to know that God will do this. And then he gives them, that last time we talked about that beautiful picture of what Zion's going to look like. Mm. And now I think he's still letting us know there's still an element of judgment in here. And this it, this chapter is going to show us that really well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And poor Edom is the one that gets picked on for this. Yeah, for real. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's look at it. All right. So chapter uh, 63, 63, verse one. Who is this who comes from Eden with garments glowing colors from Bozrah? That's the capital. Or at least one of the cities. Of I don't Edom. know if it's yeah. I don't yeah. know if it's the capital. Always, this one is majestic in his apparel, marching in greatness in his strength. It is I who speak of in righteousness, mighty to save. Why is your apparel red and your garments like one who, who treads in the winepress? So wine must have been red at that time. You know the grapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I have trodden the wine trough alone from the peoples. There is no man with me. Also trod them in my anger and trampled them in my wrath. Their lifeblood is sprinkled on my garments and I, and I stained all my raiment. I'm going, wow, here's, here's God pictured as the warrior. And you often see yeah. him as a mighty warrior coming. But here against poor little Edom, you wonder, what did this nation do that has God yeah. coming after them? Yeah. And I think we're going to find out, but but I think it was really interesting that it's a beautiful picture of him coming after a nation. That would scare me to death. I don't know yeah. about you. <laughs> well, the setup is so interesting too. Yeah. At the beginning of just colorful clothes. <laughs> it's just like, it's so red, the deepest red. Yeah. Like you've been working in a wine press all day and then it's like, it's blood. Yeah, here's here's That's, how I got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right. So look at verse four. For the day of vengeance was in my heart, and my year of redemption has come. Notice 
day of vengeance day that's a short time period mm. but a year of redemption so i think it's intended to show it's only going to be a short time of judgment but the restoration or the yeah, time yeah. of redemption is going to be a long time right so right. i think that was intended there yeah all right now here's our, our verse so i looked and there was no one to help and i was astonished that there was no one to uphold so my own arm brought salvation to me my breath upheld me so that's that verse we just looked at that is yeah. right here now Remember, we've talked about those introductions that were to the uh, servant songs. Yeah. This one looks like very similar to that one. Is It's that idea that God goes out to look for somebody that can deliver him. Yeah, and there's he no one. He can't find anybody. Right. This time he has to do it himself. Yeah. Okay. So and now I think they fit together because when he did the, when he used the servant, the servant brought the plan on how he was going to do it. He was going to die for the people and all that. Mm. Here's a picture now of God's judgment that's going to be poured out. It's, it's got nothing to do with those that are under the blood of this sacrifice or of the uh, servant that died. Everything to do with those who have rejected him. I see. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's kind of an interesting yeah. contrast there. Yeah. Okay. So I trod down the people in my anger and made them drunk in my wrath. I poured out their lifeblood on the earth. See, God doesn't, very rarely do you ever see this kind of anger poured out on people, mm. you know? Mm. But I think if you think about it, here's a nation or, or other nations that have rebelled against him. He's he's made a way for them to come to him. They've rejected it. And instead of that, they've mocked him and all mm. that. I can see why, why a, a God who made creation, at some point, judgment needs to happen. And I yeah. think that's what it's getting at. Here's yeah. here's God's God's kind of kept it up for a while and hung, hung onto his wrath. But now he's pouring it out. He's letting it all right. out. Right. So that's, I thought was interesting. And and specifically, we're talking about Edom right yeah. now. But were you, you, you mentioned other nations, or do you feel like it's, is Edom metaphorical kind of here? Or is well, I think, representing? It's, I think it's representative. Okay. I think it's a picture. Now we're going to find out why is Edom of all people picked out? And and I, I what I wanted to show you is some of the the things that, that in, in the past through history, what Edom has done to make Israel or to be this, this foe against yeah. Israel. Yeah. So there, first I wanted you to see where it was. And there you can see Bozrah. Mm -hmm. Teman is another one you will see. So I wanted you to see both of those cities. Yeah. And Edom's close. Yeah. It's a neighboring. Yeah. 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 Okay. So in Numbers 20, uh, verse 21, it says, thus Edom refused to allow Israel to pass through their, through his territory. So Israel turned away from him. Now, if you think about it, that's kind of nasty because here's here's a mm. whole pe a group of people yeah. coming through a land. All you have to do is let them go through, and they're relatives anyway. In right. one sense, they're right. related. Yeah. Okay. And they reject that. So, okay, that, it's understandable. I I think that it's nasty, but I think okay, I could live with that. That's not that bad. Okay. Look at the next one. Well, most of these are in numbers because it's kind of mm. where it all started, I yeah. think. Okay. So numbers 24, uh, 17 through 18 says, I see him, but not now I behold him, but not near a star shall come forth from Jacob and a scepter shall raise from Israel and shall crush through the forehead of Moab and tear down all the sons of Sheth. Now, what's that? That's like sounds like a prophecy, right? I didn't read yeah. the last one. Hang on, I'll come back. But it sounds like a prophecy. And usually a scepter, that's going to be like a leader. Yeah. Um, star could be a leader. I mean, often it's mm. kind of a, a somebody who's a rising star would be a leader who yeah, yeah, takes yeah. a nation. So I actually think this is actually talking about David. 
that David oh. is going to come and he's going to crush Moab. Moab, and, and yeah. I mean, crush through the forehead of Moab. You know, okay. Yeah. And Edom shall be a possession, seer its enemy, also sh uh, shall be a possession, while Israel performs val valiantly. Hmm. So it's talking about here, at this point, God's picking a nation to, to protect them. He's going after a nation that goes against them. Yeah. So it's even prophesying, I think, that David is coming and he's going to trounce them. Right. Let's look at what happens. So in 2 Samuel uh, 8, 14, and he, David, is the context, uh, put garrisons in Edom. And all Edom, he put garrisons. And all of the Edomites came ser uh, became servants to David. And the Lord helped David wherever he went. Okay, so now you know David is conquering them. Yeah. All right, First uh, Kings 11, 15, and 16. Mm -hmm. And it came about when David was in Edom and Joab, the commander of the army, had gone up to bury the slain and had struck down every male in Edom. For Edom or for Joab and all Israel stayed there six months until he'd cut off every male in Edom. Wow. Yeah. So here's it during David's time, Joab is his um, commander of the army. Yeah. And he sends him out to wipe them out six months, yeah. they're cutting them off. So I'm thinking that's gotta be the the, the prophecy that was given in Numbers. Mm. This must be its fulfillment. Yeah. All right. And then here it, there's a follow-up a little later in Second uh, Kings 8, uh, 20 and 22. In his days, Edom revolted under the hand of Judah and made a king over themselves. Then Joab rose by night and struck the Edomites who had surrounded him and the captains of the chariots, but his army fled to their tents. So Edom revolted against Judah to this day. So what had happened, so here they get trounced. I mean, the, the one yeah, before, here, here what's happened is that Joab's army fled. Um, and so Edom gets back to being there. Yeah. Um, a nation again yeah so and then they put a king over them so there's kind of a reversal of what was going on now i think psalms passage here is the one that's key hmm. for the one that has god going after him yeah uh, psalm 137 verses seven and eight we know this is when the israel got uh, went into captivity and the babylonians wiped them out because okay. it starts off by the rivers of Babylon where mm. we sat and wept. Remember that yeah, real yeah, famous yeah. one? Yeah. The end of it is this. Remember, O Lord, against the sons of Edom, the day of Jerusalem, who said, raise it, raise it to its very foundations. O daughter of Babylon, you devastated one. How blessed will be the one who repays you with the recompense with which you repaid us. How blessed will be the one who seizes and dashes your little ones against the rock. Wow. That's okay. So a couple things here. So why is Edom standing back and cheering Babylon on to go ahead and destroy Jerusalem? Yeah, because they got pretty much wiped out yeah. themselves. So, so they've yeah. got anger already built up yeah. from the history. And so now they're they're saying, oh, this is payback time. Get them, Babylon. Right. You know? And in right. fact, as I understand it, they, they might have even been mercenaries for uh, Babylon. So oh, they wow. paid them to help yeah. attack them. Okay, but now Babylon, it says, is going to be paid back with the same way they paid Jerusalem. Mm. So that means they must have grabbed their little ones and thrown them down the off the cliffs right. onto the rocks. Right. So, so this sounds like it's very literal, and that God now is going to make sure Babylon gets paid back in the exact same way right. they did them. Right. So here's here's Edom cheering on this on, and I'm going, these guys are. I I, I can understand they'd be mad at them. 
But throughout history, they've always always had this antagonistic yeah. relationship between each other. And and so in, when Israel's at its lowest, here's Edom cheer, cheering on the Babylonians to wipe them out. Right. So right. I can see why yeah. why God's got some little anger yeah, here for that sure. He needs to take care of. Yeah. 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 I think they deserve it. So, <laughs> so it's just I think the history helps us to see what's going on here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here's Ezekiel. Got one more. Uh, Ezekiel 25, 12, and 13 says, Thus says the Lord God, because Edom has acted against the house of Judah by taking vengeance and, and has incurred grievous guilt and avenged themselves on them. So at some point, Edom must have attacked them and mm. did some kind of, it's called grievous vengeance. Yeah. Okay. Therefore, thus says the Lord, I will also stretch out my hand against Edom and cut off man and beast from it. And I will lay it waste from Teman even to Dedan. Um, they will fall by the sword. So here, here's now, if you wondered if God uh, had good reason to punish Edom, my understanding is that Ezekiel here gives us that clue. Yeah. Now, remember, historically, if we had this, the passage we're talking about in Isaiah is clear in the future when he pours mm. out judgment yeah. at that last time, right? Yeah. So here's Ezekiel that's that's now historically well before this where God's prof prophesying that he's going to wipe out uh, Edom and punish them. Yeah. So I think now we've got the history and, and got good reason for God punishing Edom and to see maybe Edom as a picture of others that have also rejected God right. and God against him. Right. So when you ask, is it, is it a figure or something like yeah. that? I think it must be. Yeah. Because we know that at, when the end time comes and, and he's, and he's going to set up Zion and he wipes out the wicked, it's not going to be just Edomites he wipes out. Right. It's going to be all the wicked people that have rebelled against him. Yeah. So so I think it's pretty obvious that Edom is a picture of what he's going to do to other ones too. Yeah. 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 Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. All right. Okay. Look at verse seven. Now we're going to go kind of through the history. I'm, I make mention of the loving kindness of the Lord, the praises of the Lord, according to all that the Lord has granted us, the great goodness towards the house of Israel. So he's he's saying, okay, here we've got Edom. I'm punishing them. But the reason I'm punishing them is I'm pouring out loving kindness on Israel. Mm. So that's what seems to be going on. When we first started, you actually uh, pointed this out and said oh, yeah. there's an amazing transition <laughs> yeah. between here's God with all his bloody uh, garments wiping out Edom. Yeah. But what in contrast that is to what he's doing for Israel. Yeah. So that's, that's I think, where it's coming from. Yeah. Remember he talks about his day of vengeance. Yeah. But then the year Redemption, of recompense. Yeah. Yeah. recompense yeah. yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And you were right. You found a, a really a, interesting passage here. It has to be on purpose, I yeah, think. Yeah. It's such yeah. a contrast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. According to all that the Lord has granted us and the great goodness towards the house of Israel, which he granted them according to the compassion and according to the abundance of the loving kindness. For he said, surely they were, they are my people, sons who will not deal falsely. So he became their savior in, in their affliction. He was afflicted. Oh, I want to just see that. Um, so he's basically saying, here's God calling out Israel and saying, surely they're going to be uh, obedient to me and all that. I almost think it sounds like God's naive, but I don't think it's that. I think what it's doing is it's telling how how wrong it was of Israel to have gone against God and, mm. and rebelled so strongly against him when God's done everything to help them. Yeah. You would expect if, if right, God's been that right. good to you, you would expect them to repay it in kindness and, yeah. and that, but it's not. It yeah. do, doesn't make sense. Yeah. So I think that's what he's getting at. Yeah. 
All right. So in their affliction, he was afflicted. That means that even when he punished them, it mm. was hurting him. Yeah. There's a good father, right? Yeah, right. And, and it, but we know that that's how he loves them. And the angel of the presence saved them. Remember the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament? Yeah. I think that's another name for the angel of, of his presence. Mm. That means, an, I actually think is a real angel that goes and protects them, but he's representing God. Mm. And so that's why they can respond to him as if it's, it's God himself there because he's- Oh, interesting. Yeah, because he's- He's, he's representing him. God's presence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Huh. Uh, all right, let's look at some of these. Verse, uh, the second part of verse 10. In his love and in his mercy, he redeemed them, and he lifted them and carried them all the days of old. But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. Therefore, he turned himself to become their enemy and fought against them. Then his people remembered the days of old of Moses. Where is he who brought them out of the sea and of the shepherds of his flock? Where is he who put his Holy Spirit in the midst of them? See, I think what's going on here is, this is what God had hoped for, that they would be obedient to him and all that. They rebelled against him. And now they're saying, well, we saw these mighty acts of God in the past. Why aren't you doing them for us now? Mm. And I think his response is, because you've been wandering against yeah. me. I had to become your enemy in yeah. hopes of saving some of you. Right. So I think that's it would be his response. Who caused his glorious arm to go at the right hand of Moses? And who divided the waters before them? to make for himself an everlasting name who led them through the depths like the horse in the wilderness and did not and they did not stumble and as the cattle that go down into the valley a spirit of the lord gave them rest so you led your people to make yourself a glorious name mm -hmm. well and that's in the past and now they don't see it and they're wondering why why are you not helping us so uh, verses four and five is like his answer to um, mm. who is this that comes from Eden? So now his answer is the day of vengeance has come in my heart, in my heart and my year of recompense has come. Yeah. I looked and there was no one to help. So he brought it. So, so that was the answer to that question. Who's this who comes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Then uh, he continued. Then it gives like the history, how he took care of them, mm -hmm. even though they continued to rebel. Now their response is, well, yeah, but you're our father. Aren't, it doesn't a father take care of his children? So look at verse 15. Look down from heaven and see your holy and glorious habitation. Where's your zeal and your mighty deeds and the stirring of your heart and your compassion and are restrained towards me? I, I think the me is probably Isaiah pictured mm -hmm. as all the people. Yeah. You are our father, though Abraham does not know us. I think what that's getting at is, is we aren't acting like Abraham's children at all. Right, we've got oh, no faith. We're yeah. wandering in sickness yeah. and sin and all that, and Israel does not recognize us. So I think he's saying Abraham would look at us now, and, and we're so different than what we're supposed to be. He wouldn't yeah. even recognize us. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you, O Lord, are our Father, our Redeemer from old is your name. Why, O Lord, do you uh, do you cause us to stray from your ways and harden our hearts from fearing you? Return to the, for the sake of your servants, the tribes of your heritage. I think it's interesting that it almost makes it sound like here's God that has done this, right? Right. Uh, why, oh Lord, have you caused us to stray from your ways? Right. Well, it wasn't God that did that. It was us. Yeah. Okay. Or or hardened our hearts from fearing you. So they're, I think what they're doing is they're saying that you're the God you're the strongest power in all this world. How come you've allowed us to do this when mm. when you could have stopped us at any point? Right. But remember, that's not how God works. God doesn't want 
people that are forced to obey mm -hmm. him. Yeah. He wants people that obey him out of their heart. So he could have done it. He could have made Israel obey mm -hmm. him. But to do that, he would have had to force their wills to yeah. be obedient to him. And that's not the way God works. Yeah. And I think that's what he's teaching them. I think he's letting them know, hey, it's not my fault that you wandered away from me. Yeah. And, and I'm gonna bring you back, but I'm gonna bring you back in a way that your heart's gonna wanna be for me. Yeah. And, and now that's kind of amazing in my mind. Yeah. This is how God works with people to make it so that they they, he changes their hearts or he works with yeah. their hearts so yeah. they want to love him yeah. and, and aren't forced to. Right. Sure, he has the power. He can do whatever he wants. But if you're a robot and he's forcing you to do it, what good is that? Yeah. So here's God that's a loving father who kindly works and gently works with us until we come back to him. Yeah. I think that's it a, is. a good picture. Yeah, it is a good picture. Okay. You're holy people. The possessed your sanctuary for for a little while. <laughs> yeah. And then the Babylonians came and took yeah. it away. Yeah. <laughs> Our adversaries have trodden it down. They have become like those over us who, who you have never ruled, like those who are not called by your name. Mm. So he's saying, look, look at those wicked people. They look no different than us. Yeah. How did you let us get in this state? Yeah. It almost sounds like they're still putting it back on God. Right. But I think it's that idea. I don't force you to do anything. Yeah. If, if you're not going to have a loving heart to do it, then it's no good. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting when he said he says, "Look at us. We look like any other nation, and and yet we're the ones you've called to be your children." Yeah. Look at the mess we're in. Right. So I think that's it. Yeah. So so it, this chapter starts with God coming in and trouncing our their enemies, mm -hmm. and but it ends with them saying, "God, how how could we be in the position where we are?" And we're so wandered so far away from you that we don't even look like you anymore. Yeah. And God's got an answer for that. <laughs> it's in the next chapter. Okay. So here's, he's going to have a history of God's great mercy. Uh -huh. So he's going to point out areas throughout history that he's delivered them. But he's also going to point out that it was them that wandered away. Mm. So that's kind of what this next chapter is going to be. Let me just get into it. Yeah. So, so it starts in, in uh, 64. Oh, that you would rent the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence, as fire kindles the brushwood, as fire causes the, the water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things, which you did, we did not expect, and you came down from the mountains, the mountains quaked at your presence. From the days of old, they have not heard or perceived by ear, nor has the eye seen the God beside you, who, who acts in behalf of the one who waits for him, who meets those who rejoices in going in doing righteousness and who remembers you in their ways. Behold, you are angry for we sinned. We continued in them a long time. <laughs> That's an understatement, mm, yeah, isn't it? Right, yeah. <laughs> so here's God. They're, they're saying, God, come to our rescue. That's how yeah. it starts off. And yeah. just do something like you did in those past. Yeah. But then they, they admit, well, we've been in, we've, you've been angry for us for quite a while because we've been wandering in sin. Yeah. Oh, and we did it for quite a while. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of like their little undercut. It says, yeah, 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 we did do that a long time. Yeah. Okay. For all of us have become like one who is unclean and all mm. our righteousness uh, deeds are like filthy garments. See there, you've oh, probably yeah. heard yeah. that passage before. Yeah. But um, this is a, oh, is God God also talks about that, but they they seem to have picked it up. So, mm. so Isaiah talks about it earlier and they seem to have picked it up and said yeah right. we That's are true. like yeah. that yeah. yeah all right and all of us are like a leaf 
and our iniquities are like wind that dry, uh, take us away. There is no there is no one who calls on your name or arouses himself to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the power of our iniquities. Now, I can understand that. They have they've wandered away so far from God that at some point God turns his face away and lets them go further into their sin. It kind of like what God did with the Pharaoh. Remember, mm. Pharaoh hardens his heart the first couple of times. And then yeah. at some point, because he's already heading in that direction, he says, okay, I'll take my hands off. Yeah. And you can go into that direction. Yeah. So I think that's what he's they're getting at here. God's allowed them to go into this sin. And now they're so uh, caught in their iniquity, they can't get out. Yeah, right. Okay. Now look at the next verse though. But now... So, so here, here's where God is going to step in. So uh, verse eight, I've, I've got highlighted first it talks about how sad a state they're in, yeah. but then verse eight, but now, and that's, that's going to be where everything starts turning. Yeah. Okay. But now, O oh Lord, you are our God. We are the clay and you are the, our potter. And all of us are like the work of your hand. Do not be angry beyond measure, O oh Lord, or remember iniquity forever. Behold, look now in all, all of us, your people. Your holy cities have become a wilderness. Zion has become a wilderness. Jerusalem, a desolation. Our holy and beautiful house where our fathers praised you. They have been burned by fire and our precious things have become a ruin. Will you uh, restrain yourself at these things, O Lord? Will you keep silent and afflict us beyond measure? Hmm. That's an interesting question, right? So I think what he's doing is he's saying, okay, we've been punished. We get that. Yeah. We feel that and we understand. Yeah. But at what point do you say enough's enough? Yeah. And I think that's what they're asking God. At what point do you say, okay, we've got enough punishment. Now come and deliver us. Yeah. You would think, oh, here's a loving God that's going to say, oh man, I'm going to run right, right to you. Yeah. He doesn't do that. Hmm. Look at this next chapter. Cause I think it's, <laughs> it's interesting his response. So, and it's our last section Okay. Um, it's it's the last two chapters are basically one, one section kind of piece. Yeah. yeah. The big picture is that God will preserve his remnants. Okay. Mm. So that's the big picture. Yeah. But God's answer is it's in verse one. I permitted myself to be sought by those who, who did not ask for me. I permitted myself to be found by those who did not seek me. And I said, here I am, here I am to a nation did not call on my name. So, so remember they're, they're saying, well, God, how long, are yeah. you going to let us be like this, yeah. right? Uh, you know, aren't you going to come to our rescue? And his response was, wait a minute. I came to you at the very beginning. Yeah. It wasn't you that came called on me. Yeah. I came to you. Yeah. So I think he's he's putting the ball back on their in their court and saying, wait a minute. At what point does a loving God, even though he loves them, has to say, it wasn't me that did this. Yeah. You guys were the ones that wandered away. Right. And, and I'd done everything to call you back and all this and look at you. So I, I, I think it's interesting. You, you expect it after their plea that he comes running and say, oh, here I come. Yeah, I, I it's now. Help you. Yeah. yeah. But the answer is a little more complicated than yeah. that. He said, I did this in the past and I came to you when you weren't looking for me. Yeah. Okay. So it's time for you to get busy too. Yeah. I have spread out my hands all day long to a rebellious people who walk in the way which is not good, following their own thoughts. A people who continually provoked me to my face. That's that's kind of that's kind of belligerent, right? They're yeah. here, right in God's face, and they're saying, 
I don't want you. Yeah. Okay. Offering sacrifices in the gardens and burning incense on the rocks. That's to the false gods, right? In the gardens yeah. would be the the, uh, yeah, the high places. High places. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Who sit among the graves and spend night in the sacred places. Those would be probably uh, shrines and stuff like that for mm. the false gods. All right. Who eat swine's flesh and the, uh, well, let me just stop there. You know, that's a big one. No, no. Yeah. Right? Okay. And, and the broth of unclean meat in their pots who says, keep to yourself, do not come near me for I am holier than you. These are the uh, smoke in my nostrils, a fire that burns all day. So here's these people thinking they're holier than God. Or, or at least God's people, mm -hmm. you know, do not come near me for I'm holier than you. I assume that was, he was doing it to God's people, probably right. not directly to God though, through God's people, you're doing it to God. Yeah. But look at here, these are smoke in my nostrils and fire that burns all day. See, I think that's God talking. So when he says, these are smoke in my nostrils, I think he's referring to what they were doing to spurn God. Yeah, okay? that would kind of make sense to, he said earlier, it was like to my face. Yeah. You know, when you think about it, here's, here's smoke that's to the idols. Yeah. That must be an embarrassment yeah. and a, a Pauling, yeah. you know, remember? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Back right. to our word. Yeah. All right. Behold, it is written before me. I will not keep silent, but I will repay. So, you know, you expected him to say, behold, I, uh, it is written before me. I will not keep silent. I will come to your rescue. Mm. That's not what he says, yeah. is it? I will repay. And I will even repay unto your bosom, both their iniquities and the iniquities of their children, the fathers together, says the Lord, because they have burned incense on the mountains and scorned me on the hills. Therefore, I will measure their, their former work into their bosom. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So their response is, well, God, can't you it's look time. towards us and, right. and time to deliver us? And he says, yeah, I will, but it's not going to be all of you. Yeah. You guys have spurned me and the ones that have spurned me deserve the punishment. Yeah. Okay, um, now look at verse eight. Thus says the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster and one says, do not destroy it for there is benefit in it. So I will act on behalf of my servants in order not to destroy all of them. Okay, now it's getting real clear, yeah. right? We wondered about the remnant, where the remnant was gonna pop up. Yeah. Now, it's, now he's making it clear. Yeah. This is how it's gonna work. Those that have spurned him, they're gonna be punished. Yeah. But, but he's not gonna destroy all of them. So here it makes it real clear. There'll be a remnant that has been righteous that he's going to protect. The rest of them are going to go off into punishment. Yeah. This is about the clearest he gets to let you know that he's going to protect that remnant. You'll keep seeing this, but mm. this chapter is probably your clearest one. Okay. All right. I will bring forth offspring from Jacob and the heirs from my mountains from, from Judah. Even my chosen one shall inherit and my servants will dwell there. Sharon will be a pasture land for flocks. Now, Sharon is the plains of Sharon on the east side there. Okay. I would say now, a lot of times they're, um, they have rain, but sometimes they don't. It sounds like he's going to make sure they've got rain. So yeah. it's going to be like blessed. It's a, yeah, it's a good space. Yeah. yeah. So Sharon will be a, place, a, pa a pasture land for flocks. And the valley of Acor, <laughs> uh, Acor means uh, trouble or um, pain. And he's, mm. so, so the Valley of Acor, a resting place for your herds. So he's going to make what used to be yeah. a really bad or a reminding a real bad time. Yeah. He's going to deliver them. Yeah. For my people will seek me, but you who forsake the Lord, 
who forgot my holy mountain, who set a table for fortune, and I assume that's a God fortune, yeah. and who filled cups with mixed wine for destiny, and, and I assume thing. that's another God, yeah. yeah. I, will des uh, I will destine you to the sword, and all of you will uh, bow down to the slaughter, because I called you, but you did not answer. I spoke to you, but you did not hear. You did evil in my sight and chose that which I did not delight. So he's making it real clear. There's some I'm gonna save, but there's some I'm not gonna save. Yeah. So it, this is going back to that day of vengeance, the year of recompense, or I'm sorry, um, redemption. Yeah. yeah. So so you've got a short time of punishment, but a long time of restoration. Yeah. So he's making it real clear. The ones that are that serve me, I will save. Yeah. But the rest of you are gonna be punished. Yeah. Okay. And this is a fair God, right? I mean, he's. I think at this point he's defending himself. I would have thought after verse 12 of, of that last chapter that will you restrain yourself at these things, O Lord? Will you keep silent and, and afflict us beyond measure? That almost makes it sound like God's been unfair. Right. So this next chapter is letting him know, I haven't been unfair at all. Yeah. If anything, you guys have been the unfair ones and it's time for you to realize that. Yeah. So it's he's, he's letting them have it. Yeah, still, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And and I would say this one's about the clearest passage that, yeah, God God is a fair God. He's a just mm. God, but he's also, that's it, that's the other side. He's also a fair and a just God. Yeah. He's a merciful God. Well, it has to be both. Yeah, he, right? is, a, he is a just God. He is a gracious God, but look yeah. at here, for those who've wandered away, yeah. he's punishing. Yeah. All right, I'm at verse 13. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, my servants will eat, but you will be hungry. Behold, my servants will drink, but you will be thirsty. Behold, my servants will rejoice, but you will be put to shame. So here's a, a contrasting what God's servants like are gonna be yeah. like compared to the rest. Yeah. Uh, but my servants will jo uh, shout joyfully with a glad heart, but you will cry out with a heavy heart and you will wail with a broken spirit. You will leave your name for a curse to my chosen ones and the Lord God will slay you, but my servants will be called by another name. And I think he means by God's name, mm. all right? Because he who is blessed in the earth will be blessed by the God of truth. And he who swears in the earth will swear by the God of truth because the former troubles are forgotten because they are hidden from my sight. So he's just built up and said, there's gonna be this time of punishment and rejection, but there's also gonna be this time when I'm gonna save them. So you've got here, God's answer. I came to you, you rebelled against me. Their iniquities have, uh, have caused you to be punished. But not all of them. Yeah. That's where you got There's that still a remnant. that remnant. Yeah. God will preserve his remnant. That's very clear. He will make a distinction. The wicked will be punished. The righteous will be protected. Yeah. And that was back and forth in there. And then it kind of builds to, because of the former troubles are forgotten, because they are hidden from my sight. So it means they're going to be so blessed that they're going to forget everything, that, mm. all the judgment that happened before. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then verse 17, for behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth. So that's where this comes in. Mm. All right. So it's at verse 17. I created a new heaven and a new earth, and the former things will not be remembered or come to mind. For be glad and rejoice, for because I create Jerusalem for rejoicing and her people for gladness. I will also rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. There will no longer be heard in her the voice of weeping or the sound of crying, 
No longer will there be an infant who dies in but a few days or an old man who does not live out his days for the young will die at the age of a hundred and the one who does not reach the age of a hundred will be thought to be accursed. Let mm. me just stop there. So he's he's actually telling us what that new heaven is gonna be like, that new yeah. earth, and there's not gonna be any weeping, a right. long life. Yeah. Later on, he's gonna say there's no war. Mm. And then he ends it with, there's gonna be peace among nature. Mm. Yeah, we'll see that in a minute. Yeah. But, when is this? And because it sounds like there's still death. Right. It, so so it doesn't sound like, it doesn't sound what, what we would call the eternal state hmm. because we have death still. And unless that's just a figure of speech and means the long life will be- A forever life. Yeah, like a, so extended. But yeah. it doesn't seem, there's other places where the length of life, he does talk about them living forever or something mm. like that. So this doesn't sound like that. So I'm I'm putting this in what we call the millennium, the time period mm. when God is setting up his kingdom, it's ruling here on earth, but they're the and the saints are with him, but the saints are ruling over somebody and they're ruling over people that are in this kingdom that have not turned to God. Right. So it seems like to me, there's still got to be this time when something like this happens. And he, he talks about there's going to be peace among nations and no war. But I think there's no war because God is the one ruling who's mm -hmm. going to fight against him. Right. Yeah. And now if we look at the book of Revelation, it does talk about a time when after this thousand year period of reign, Satan will be loosed again. Mm -hmm. And that's when there'll be this ultimate judgment, mm -hmm. final one. Yeah. So, so it seems like to me this fits into that time period really well. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm sure that's probably uh, controversial. Yeah, there, yes. well, maybe not controversial, but there's a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of opinions. Yeah, I would imagine on that. That's yeah. a that's interesting. What I tried to show you though is it doesn't seem to fit the etern what we yeah, call yeah. the eternal state. It seems like there's a long life and stuff like that. Yeah. But there is still going to be kind of that. We've had other places in Isaiah that seems to indicate there's mm. still a time of war and stuff like that. There's still stuff like that happening yeah. Yeah. in this in this what looks like future. yeah, what looks like this glorified kingdom still has what looks like fighting and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I just wanted you to see it. They will build houses and inhabit them. They will also plant vineyards and eat their fruit. That's that's kind of a contrast because when before. They built uh, vineyards and houses and then got taken into captivity. Yeah. So he's saying that'll never happen again. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, they will not build and another inhabit. They will not plant and another eat. For as the mm -hmm. lifetime of a tree, so will be the days of my people. Okay. So now it's again, trees are long lasting, yeah. but they're not eternal yeah. either. Yeah. Right. My children will wear out the work of their hands, meaning they won't be taken away. They will not labor mm. in vain or bear children for calamity, for they are the offspring of those who are blessed by the Lord and their inhabitants with them. It will also be, uh, come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. So that's kind of amazing time. Yeah. God is going to know our thoughts so that when we need yeah. help, he's there even before we call him. Right. Yeah. Right. I like that. Yeah, because <laughs> sometimes we think he waits awful long to answer our prayers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the wolf and the lamb will graze together and the lion will eat straw like the ox mm. and the dust will be the serpent's food. They do not do harm, evil or harm in all my holy mountains, says the Lord. I don't know if you remember, but that's part of the quote from Isaiah 11 mm. towards the end. Mm. It's missing the middle section about 
kids uh, being led by uh, you know donkeys being led by a kid and stuff oh, yeah, like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I think yeah. I think it's intended to kind of be a summary of that time period. So it takes yeah. the first part and the last part. Yeah, I think it means and everything else that was in between. But, yeah, but it yeah. just didn't say it. Yeah. Okay. So that gives us our full picture of what this new heaven and the earth is going to be like. Mm -hmm. And then we go into our last chapter. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Let me give you the, the next thing. So chapter 66 reminds us again that it's not for everyone. So he just got done telling us how good it was for the people he was going to protect. Yeah. But now look at, um, thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where's the house that you sh you could build for me? And where's the place that I may rest? And the answer is that there's nowhere. I, can right. I can't build one for you, right? Yeah. Okay. For my hand made all these things and thus these things came into being, declares the Lord. But to this one I will look, to him who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. So that that's kind of going back to Isaiah uh, 57, 15, which mm. had a similar kind of wording about who God looks towards. Yeah. So so we just got done and, and he's now saying, these are the kind of people that are gonna be inhabiting that kingdom or that right. new heaven and the new right. earth. But he who kills an ox is like one who slays a man, or him who sacrifices a lamb is like one who breaks a dog's neck. And him who offers grain offering is like one who offers swine's blood. What looks like to me is, and that one's kind of kind of hard. The, the first one was God's command, right? Um, uh, he who kills an ox, okay, that killing an ox is fine. Yeah. is like one who slays a man. Well, that's yeah, not that's right. a problem. Yeah. Right? Okay, he who sacrifices a lamb, something that God allowed, uh, is like one who breaks a dog's neck. Okay, I guess that's something you didn't do. Yeah. Okay, him who uh, offers grain offering, like one who offers swine's blood. So it sounds like what's happening is each of these have one thing that God commanded, but then something that people just made up and did. Yeah. And I think that's what it's getting at. You guys are, the people who um, pretend to, to obey me, but then do whatever they want, mm. those are the people he's talking about, I think. Yeah. So I think that's how they did it with the, with the words, is they, they took things that God did command, yeah. connected and them to things the that, thing. yeah, yeah, that, that they, they he did command, did. Right. okay? And who burns incense is like one who blesses an idol. Mm. Okay. Yeah, same kind of yeah. model. Okay. Yeah. But as they have chosen their own ways and their soul delights in their abominations, so I would choose their punishment and will bring on them what they dread. So that I think is saying, oh yeah, just like these people that chose their own ways and made up their own rules, they're going to be the ones I'm going to, I'm mm. going to choose the punishment for them. Yeah. Because I called and no one answered, I spoke, but they did not listen. They did evil in my sight and chose in which I did not delight. Hear the word of the Lord, you who tremble at his word. Your brothers who hate you, who uh, execute you for my name's sake, have said, let the Lord be glorified that we may see your glory, but they will be put to shame. A voice of uproar from the city, a voice of, from the temple, a voice of the Lord who is rendering recompense to his enemies. I think what's going on is he's saying, it, when it says verse six, a voice of uproar from a city, I, they, I'm not sure why they translated voice. Cool can mean voice, hmm. but it can also mean a sound. And I think oh. what it's saying is that, okay, here's here's what these people did wrong. And those who who picked on my children, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna be... Uh, punished and the uproar is already starting or the mm. the sound is already starting so when he says in verse six a sound of uproar from the city is a, a sound from the temple a sound of the lord who is rendering rep recompense to his enemies i think what he's saying 
it's already started. Yeah. So watch, get ready. Yeah. So I, th I think what he's doing is saying, once this starts going, that judgment is coming quick. Yeah. Okay. Um, before she travailed, she brought forth. Before, before her pain came, she gave birth to a boy. When we look at verse seven, it's talking about a nation being brought out of, you know, before she even travails, this nation comes forth mm. or before her pain comes, she gives birth to a boy. Who has heard of such a thing? Who has seen such things? Can a land be born in a day? Can a nation be brought forth all at once? As soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her sons. So I think what it's getting at is that when this starts, it's going to happen quickly. Yeah. And can a nation be born in a day? Sounds like the answer is yes. Wow, when, yeah. and, and I think what he's getting at, you couldn't build a nation in a day using just human means right. or just, just doing a child at a time. What he's going to do is he's going to bring those from all nations. And that's how you can get a nation in a day. Yeah. If you're bringing a remnant Everyone's from back. every, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Shall I, I bring to the point of birth and not give delivery, says the Lord, or shall I, who gives delivery, shut the womb, says, says your God? Be joyful with Jerusalem and rejoice in her for all you who love her. So it, it almost sounds like we're jumping around here, doesn't it? Mm. So I think what it's saying is in, in verses seven through nine, God's going to bring a nation really quickly. Yeah. And then starts in verse 10. All right, be joyful with Jerusalem and rejoice for all who love her. So I think what it's saying, here's the people that are coming, the ones that rejoice with Jerusalem and love her. Those will be the nation that's being being built in a day or real okay. quickly in the verses before. Okay. Because otherwise yeah, yeah, it seems yeah. like he's jumping around, but yeah. I don't think he is. Yeah. Okay. Be exceedingly glad with her, all you who mourn over her, uh, that you may nurse and be satisfied with her comforting breasts, that you may suck and be delighted with her bountiful bosom. For thus says the Lord, behold, I extend peace like a river and the glory of nations like an overflowing stream. You will be nursed. You will be carried on the hip and fondled on the knees. It is as one who is his mother comforts. So I will comfort you and will be comforted in Jerusalem. Then you will see and your heart will be glad and your bones will flourish like a new, new grass. I thought that was a brilliant picture. When God starts working with you and starts delivering you, hmm. you're going to flourish like new grass, yeah. how it sprouts up. Yeah. When you, Sometimes we see these dry mountains, and then when yeah, rain yeah. comes, the, they yeah, they're green. Yeah. It just sprouts right up so and fast. Yeah. And I think that's what it's getting at. Your bones will flourish like the new grass, and the hand of the Lord will be made known to his, his servants. But he will be indignant towards his enemies. So he's making a real contrast again. So yeah. once again, right in these, it, it's the second part of verse fourteen. He just got done saying what he's going to do with his people, but look what's going to happen to those that he's going to punish. Yeah. For behold, the Lord will come with fire and his chariots like whirlwind to render his, his anger with fury and his rebuke with the flames of fire. For the Lord will execute judgment by fire and his sword on all flesh. And those slain by the Lord will be many. And those who sanctify and purify themselves will go into the gardens and following the ones in the center. I don't know, that probably means a leader of these uh, mm. cults or something like that, mm. who eats uh, swine's flesh, detestable things, and mice. It will come to an end altogether, declares the Lord. Once again, he's making that contrast between the remnant and those that are going to be punished. Yeah. All right. For I know your works and their thoughts. The time is coming to gather all nations and tongues, and they shall come and see my glory. I will set a sign among them and will send survivors from them to the nations. Tarshish, Push, Lud, Meshach, uh, Rosh, Tubal, and Javan, 
to the distant coastlands that have never heard of my fame nor seen my glory. They will declare my glory among the nation. So at some point, he's, he's sending out his messengers to bring the remnant from all these nations. Yeah. Then they shall bring all your brethren from all the nations as a grain offering to the Lord. So he, he's going to bring that remnant back to Zion. Okay. Okay. And it's like uh, like all the nations as a grain offering to the Lord. So it's something being given to God. Hmm. Okay. They're going to come on horses and chariots and litters on mules and on camels. I think it's just saying they're going to come in all yeah. ways possible. Yeah. Right. To my holy mountain, Jerusalem, says the Lord. Just as the sons of Israel bring their grain offering in a clean vessel to the house of the Lord, I will also take some of them for priests and for Levites, says the Lord. So he's he's actually saying, just as the grain offerings are brought in bowls or something that are probably unclean, but they're being they're they're carrying the the good things of God yeah. to them. He's saying, so I can bring what seems to be dirty or unclean. Oh. I can bring them, and because they're like like a vessel that would come that wouldn't be clean, but because it has yeah. God's goodness in it or God's offering in it, yeah. it can be, it can be brought to him. Right. And I think that's what he's saying. Okay. So here's these nations that would have normally been unclean. Yeah. I'm bringing them and I'm going to use them as priests and, and for Levites. Yeah. So just as I've got Levites and priests from the Israelites, I'm bringing them from these other nations yeah. too. Yeah. So that's given us a real good, clear picture that that remnant is not just from Israel. Yeah. It's from all the nations. And even if you're worried about those nations being unclean, don't worry, because even the vessels that that bring the grain offerings to me are not clean. Yeah. And it's okay because yeah. I take it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. For just as the new heavens and the new earth, which I made to endure before me, declares the Lord, so your offspring and your name will endure. And it shall be from new moon to new moon and from Sabbath to Sabbath, all mankind will come to bow down before me, says the Lord. So everyone is coming to, to worship God. Yeah. All right. Then they will go forth and look on the corpses of the men who have transgressed against me. For their worm will not die and their fire will not be quenched and they will be an abhorrence to all mankind. And you're wondering, why does it end like that? Yeah. Okay. And even, even the Jewish um, scholars used to argue that you have to read verses 23 after verse 24 <laughs> so that you ended on a positive note yeah. instead of such a bad note. Yeah. Did you see I instinctively just turned yeah, the yeah, page? Yeah, to look and see if there was more. That can't be the end. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. Because remember is. our refrains, yeah. there's no peace, says my God, for the wicked. Yeah. This is about the biggest finale you yeah. can have when it says yeah. talking about there being no peace for the wicked well they aren't they they go forth and look on the corpses of the bodies who have transgressed against me and their worm will not die their fire will not be quenched and they will be an abhorrence to all mankind that's like yeah. the climax of right. no peace for the wicked yeah so it's interesting how yeah. it, how it ends that is very interesting now, i don't think i understood what these uh actual hmm. verses meant so here's here's our thing i'll come back to this in a minute okay but what does it mean when it says their worm will not die and their fire will not be quenched well the the only reason a worm would not die is if it has constantly has food to keep feeding yeah. on, right? Yeah. And the and their fire will not be quenched is the only reason that's going to happen is because there's no, yeah. it's never going to run out of food. Yeah, yeah. So I actually think that this is, is talking about eternal judgment. Wow. He's saying that those people who are there are going to be in a constant state of torment that's never going to end. That fire that's burning will mm. never go out. I never realized that that's what it was getting at before, but I think yeah. what it's saying is 
this is a, about the best picture of this eternal punishment hmm. that God's you know going to have for right. those wicked that he talks about the lake of fire in the in the book of yeah. revelation right so it seems like to me he's given us some hint of it in the old testament and then when you get to the book of revelation he lets you you know yeah, it's a more. lot more detail right so isn't that something that's that is, that's how yeah. it, it ends yeah. that same refrain that we've had in those other two sections hmm. and they were small there here's like a an epitome big, a yeah. climax yeah it. right so right. now, remember I talk about seams uh, oh, yeah. all the way through there. I yeah. haven't really mentioned that yet, but I actually think the seam is actually from chapter uh, 65, 17, all the way to 66. Wow. Okay. End, which seems like a long one, but look what it's, it's going to have our same ideas in it. Um, actually, I've tried to hone that down. I think if you just go to chapter uh, 66, verse 14, mm -hmm. from there on, he talks about the idea of restoration. There's more on restoration in this one than almost anything. Hmm. So if you started at um, 66, I even go up to verse 10, be joyful uh, with Jerusalem and rejoice with her. So even if I had to put the seam up to there, that whole section is is talking about what God's gonna do for his redeemed people. But I think what you could do is you just take verse 14, then you will see this and your heart will be glad and your bones will flourish like new grass that the hand of the Lord will be made known to his servants. That's kind of what's happening to them. But then it keeps going uh, like verse uh, 18, I will know their works and their thoughts and the time is coming to gather all nations. So definitely 18 to verse 32 is him gathering this remnant that he's gonna protect. Yeah. So the idea of restoration is clearly there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then the remnant being saved, I would say that's clearly verses 18 through 21. Yeah. And, and that remnant comes from all nations, right? We talked right. about, right. even though you might think they're unclean, the, yeah. the, the vessel, offerings yeah. come in a, a dirty vessel yeah. or an unclean vessel. So that remnant is coming and don't worry that it's unclean because yeah. it's coming to me. Yeah. Okay. And then the wicked being punished. We've got that. Yeah, we real saw clear. that. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got verses 14b, but he will be indignant towards his enemies, those who sanctify and pure themselves in the garden and stuff like that. And then the last verse talks about what's going to happen to them. Yeah. So I've got these themes mentioned one more time. At yeah. The end. So I think it I think it works. Yeah, I think it works too. I, I yeah. never, I, you know, I, I, there were times when I wasn't real certain about it, but it does seem like these three themes just keep coming up. Yeah. And and and, it, and especially in places where you don't expect them. Remember, we right. got to verse fourteen of chapter sixty six, and is like the epitome of God dwelling with His people. Yeah. So why does it? Why does He have to talk about punishment again? It just brings up the themes again. I think that's it. Yeah. So I think it works. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. That's very, yeah. that's fascinating. Yeah. And and I think the thing that was new for me that I mm. didn't really think about before was that this sounds like it's an eternal punishment because yeah. the worm never dies, the fire never goes out. Yeah. And I never really realized that's what it was getting at yeah. before. Like when so. did you come to realize that? Uh, when I wrote the commentary. <laughs> <laughs> that's Sad, good. But true. <laughs> yeah. You never stop learning. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There we go. <laughs> but that's a good, it's a good reason to dig into these yeah. passages over and over and over yeah. again, and you'll find new things and pick up new, exactly. new yeah. details every time you do it. Yeah. Well, we made it. We did. We made it. Um, <laughs> we've made it all the way through the book of Isaiah. Yeah. So if there were one thing that you remembered from it, what would it be? You know, I think what stuck out the most to me, and probably, you know, if I'm in a situation where I'm going to be teaching through Isaiah, I think those three themes from the seam, oh, okay. I think those would be a really powerful thing yeah. for me to be able to share. I think those are 
I, I you know, I'm, I'm like an English major in oh. college, so I love themes. Yeah. You know? But I think that's a that that can be a really helpful way for a person who's not familiar with Isaiah. Yeah. To start approaching it and just like look for these three things, and they'll they'll see it a lot. Yeah. You know. But it, I think that could be a really helpful guide because Isaiah is a long. Yes. It's a long book. It yeah. can. I think it could be confusing for someone you know, reading it the first time. There's yeah. a lot of details in there. There's a lot of yeah countries that are mentioned that there's just a lot of things you get hung up on that could be yeah maybe not distracting but could be kind of hard to hard to swallow your yeah. first time through but I, I think that that's what i like there are things that people will pick up yeah. if they stick with it and they'll if, see it over and over and over and there it's clear throughout the book i mean that those mm. three things are probably the most important thing in that whole book they're going to just yeah. keep coming over again and remember um that that title the holy one of israel that that term mm. just keeps coming up so 25 times and that's that's pretty important because if you yeah. think about that that means here's an unholy israel that he keeps mentioning that about their god being the holy one of israel so how's he ever going to get them yeah back to that state and yeah. i think we finally found out how it was yeah. finally at the end but yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it finally answered our question it is yeah yeah so I guess we won't have another episode of Study Isaiah next week. Oh, okay. Should, but everyone should keep studying it. Exactly. Because <laughs> just like you, like there's all kind of things you'll learn, and me yeah. too. It's yeah, not yeah. just you. I learned a lot in this podcast. But <laughs> there's plenty to learn here. Yes. So I guess that'll tie it up for us. It's amazing. We've, it's been a long journey, but I, I feel like this has been really fruitful. I think so too. I hope, I hope so anyway. Yeah. Everyone who's listening. Don't give up. Keep on, keep on keeping on. And uh, we won't be back next week, but please continue to study Isaiah.